Day six, the eighth story of the Decameron. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simon. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio. Translated by J. M. Rigg. Day six, the eighth story. Fresco admonishes his niece not to look at herself in the glass if tis, as she says, grievous to her to see nasty folk. It was not at first without some flutterings of shame, evinced by the modest blush mantling on their cheeks, that the ladies heard Philostrato's story, but afterwards, exchanging glances, they could scarce forbear to laugh, and hearkened tittering. However, when he had done, the queen turning to Emilia bade her follow suit. Whereupon Emilia, fetching a deep breath, as if she were roused from sleep, thus began. Loving ladies, brooding thought has kept my spirit for so long time remote from here, that perchance I may make a shift to satisfy our queen with a much shorter story than would have been forthcoming but for my absence of mind, wherein I propose to tell you how a young woman's folly was corrected by her uncle with a pleasant jest, had she but had the sense to apprehend it. My story, then, is of one, Fresco da Celatico by name, that had a niece, Cesca, as she was playfully called, who, being fair of face and person, albeit she had none of those angelical charms that we oft-times see, had so superlative a conceit of herself, that she had contracted a habit of disparaging both men and women, and all that she saw, entirely regardless of her own defects, though for odiousness, tiresomeness, and petulance she had not her match among women, insomuch that there was naught that could be done to her mind. Besides which, such was her pride, that had she been of the blood royal of France, twould have been inordinate. And when she walked abroad, so fastidious was her humour, that she was ever averting her head, as if there was never a soul she saw or met but reeked with a foul smell. Now one day, not to speak of other odious and tiresome ways that she had, it so befell that being come home, where Fresco was, she sat herself down beside him with a most languishing air, and did naught but fume and chafe whereupon Cesca, quoth he what means this that though tis a feast day yet thou art come back so soon she all but dissolved with her vaporish humours made answer why the truth is that i am come back early because never i believe were there such odious and tiresome men and women in this city as there are to-day i cannot pass a soul in the street that i loathe not like ill-luck and I believe there is not a woman in the world that is so distressed by the sight of odious people as I am, and so I am come home thus soon to avoid the sight of them. Whereupon Fresco, to whom his niece's bad manners were distasteful in the extreme, Daughter, quoth he, if thou loathe odious folk as much as thou sayest, thou wert best, so thou wouldst live happy, never to look at thyself in the glass. But she, empty as a reed, albeit in her own conceit a match for Solomon in wisdom, was as far as any sheep from apprehending the true sense of her uncle's jest, but answered that on the contrary she was minded to look at herself in the glass like other women. And so she remained, and yet remains, hide-bound in her folly. End of Day Six, The Eighth Story